Uh, would you turn in your Bibles with me to Samuel chapter 3? Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10. 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3. When you have it, let me hear you say, mm-mm, good. If you don't have it, say, hold on. First Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, and then we'll also read verse 21. All right, when you get it, mm-mm, good. All right, it says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you, lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called, Sam, called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord. For your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And verse 21, it says, Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Loving Lord, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for bringing each person safely here to gather with you and to hear your word. Not by my might nor by my power, but by your Holy Spirit, use me to speak words of life to your people. Paint on the canvas of their ears, the fabric of their mind, and the walls of their hearts picture of Jesus Christ that is so, so beautiful, Lord, that each person here accepts your invitation to salvation and a personal relationship with you is our prayer in the name above all names, in the name of Jesus, amen. You and Samuel have a lot in common. And I'm going to tell you how I know, especially my young people. You and Samuel have a lot in common. 
You know how when you're just chilling in your room, maybe you're playing video games, or maybe you're texting your friends, or maybe you're posting some photos on Instagram, and you hear the voice. It's one of your parents calling you while you're doing what you are considering fun, but your parents are calling you, and you don't really want to get up and see what they want, and so you yell to them, yes, and they're not having that. They say, get up and come here, and you get up to see what your parent wants, and they are all comfortable in their bed or in the reclining chair in the living room, and they say five famous words to you. They say, pass me, ah, the remote control. That's right, that's right. And you look, and the remote control is one, two, three, four steps in front of them, but you just had to walk a gazillion steps from your bedroom or the kitchen or wherever you were to pass them the remote control because they are all, help me find the right word, they are too, is it comfortable to get up? They're too um, content? They're too, what, what did I hear? I heard, I didn't say that. I, I didn't say lazy, your, your kids said lazy. I, did, I didn't say it. <laughs> no, but it gets even worse because maybe you're outside and you're shooting hoops with your friends or, or, or maybe uh, you're just hanging out, you guys are just talking, talking about what happened at school and you hear the voice, it's your parent and they want you to come here. You are across the street, but they say, come here. And so you run across the street, stop what you're doing, and you get there, and their eyes are kind of fuzzy, and they tilt their head to the side, and they say, you know what? I forgot what I wanted. Has that ever happened to any of you? If that has happened to you, say, I feel you, Samuel. See, because this is what Samuel thought was happening to him, you all. He was asleep. And the Bible says that it was before the light in the tabernacle went out. So that means it was before dawn. And that's when you have your best sleep. And, and he hears a voice calling him. And he thinks it's Eli, the priest. And Samuel is Eli's right-hand boy, his right-hand man, because Eli's sons are wicked. And the Bible tells us that Eli is almost blind. And so Samuel serves him in the tabernacle. And so Samuel hears this voice that disturbs his sleep. He gets up and he goes to see what Eli wants. But when he gets there, Eli is asleep. And Eli wakes up and he wipes the drool off. And he goes, Samuel, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. So Samuel gets up and and he goes back to sleep, and right when he's about to nod off again, he hears this voice that says, Samuel. And so he gets up, and he goes to Eli again, and he says, yes, Eli. And Eli looks at him and says, I didn't call you, my son. Go back and lie down. Samuel goes, he lies down. And you know, each time you wake up, it's a little harder to get back to sleep. And so maybe he has to count sheep this time. And he's on sheep number 144, and he's about to nod off again, and he hears this voice that says, Samuel. And he gets up, 
And he goes back to Eli and he says, Eli, you did call me. And Eli perceives that it's God calling Samuel. And so Eli does what every adult who knows God has the responsibility to do. Eli and every adult who knows God has the responsibility of helping young people get to know God. And so Eli helps Samuel identify the voice of God, and he says, go back and lie down, and if you hear this voice again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so Samuel goes, and he lies down again, and he hears the voice, and he answers, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. There are four primary points that I want to talk to you about today, about the voice of God. And, um, and then I'm going to ask you to make some decisions along with God. Uh, point number one, point number one. And if you can advance the slides for me or if you have a clicker, there we go. Point number one. I want you to notice that God called Samuel by his name. He didn't say, hey, you guy. He didn't say, hey, you boy. He didn't say, yo, you. He said, Samuel, Samuel. God calls Samuel by his name, and God calls you by your name because God wants a personal, life-giving relationship with you. God knows everything about you. He knows whether you get down with cornflakes or if you go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. God knows uh, whether you are really a Dallas Cowboy fan or if you just jumped on the Dak Prescott bandwagon. God knows uh, uh, whether you really like the people that you uh, uh, are friends with on Facebook or if you're just fake friends. God knows every single thing about you. But he doesn't want it to be a one-way relationship. God wants it to be a two-way relationship. He wants you and me to know him because this is why we need a personal, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. Can you advance that slide for me? Next slide, please. Do you have a clicker? All right, let's read this together. This is... All right, my, my tech person, I need you. I, I need you to, to, yeah, can we, so can we get that back up there? It's all right, we, he got me, he got me. All right, let's go, there we go, let's read this again together. This is eternal life. So eternal life is knowing God. And if we don't know God, we can't have eternal life. I want you to notice what the Bible says about Samuel. Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And that's key because you all, Samuel was at church before everybody else, but he didn't know the Lord. Samuel was a, an apprentice learning how to be a priest, but he did not yet know the Lord. Samuel hung around holy people, 
but he did not yet know the Lord. And I can tell you there was a time in my life where I was just like Samuel. I did not yet know the Lord. See, when I was growing up, I was, uh, my family went to this Baptist church. And it was a little country Baptist church, the kind that has the, the cemetery in the same uh, yard as the church. And we would get to church on Sunday morning. We would get there at about 9 o'clock for Sunday school. Then we'd have worship service at 11. Then we'd have lunch. Then we'd come back for testimony service at 2 o'clock. And then we'd have a social in the afternoon. And then we'd finally go home when it was dark. And I can remember every Sunday, I love Sunday school. So I always wanted to be there in time for Sunday school. I love worship service. I love to hear the choir sing, and I love to hear the preacher preach. And then we had lunch, and I loved what we had for lunch. And then after lunch, I was through. <laughs> but we would have to come back for testimony service. And in testimony service, I would sit with my brothers and sisters, and there was this lady who would sit in front of us, and she had this huge hat. And I could never see what was going on because her huge hat blocked my view. And so I don't know her name to this day. I just called her the hat lady. And the hat lady would get up, and, and I, I don't know if you've ever been to a, a, a black Baptist service where people get up and they shout, and they get happy. And they can go on for a while. And the hat lady every Sunday would get up, and she would jump up, and she would scream, and she would holler, and, and the hat would go flying, and her hat pins would come out. And one day my sister got one of her hat pins, and she said, if she doesn't sit down, I'm going to stick her with this pin. Well, I tell you, there was one point where the hat woman always jumped up and got happy. It was when... The preacher said, and I can tell you the same thing. He said the same thing every single week. When he would say, the Lord put food on my table, the hat lady would get up and she would jump and she would scream and holler like that was the best thing on earth. Well, I didn't yet know the Lord, so I just couldn't understand what this hat lady was screaming about. But I lived for a while, and I went to college. Now, I went to college on a scholarship, but money was always tight. I learned how to spice up ramen noodles to make it a gourmet meal. I, I learned how to add raisins to my peanut butter sandwich, you know, to make it taste a little better. And, and any time someone invited me over their house for a meal, it was something to shout about. Well, I lived a little bit longer, and I remember... Uh, Graduated from college and was working my very first job. And I got a call from home, and it was my mom. And she says, I need you to get on the first flight or train home. Your sister has been shot. My sister was at the gas station, and she was pumping gas. And um, somebody just started shooting. Shot, shot my sister and several other people. My mom said, I don't know if she's going to live. I don't know if she's going to make it. Can you get on the first flight or train home? So I got on the first flight that I could, and I came home. And the doctor said, 
she's going to live, but she will never walk again. Well, my sister had six children, one beautiful girl and five handsome boys that ate like gremlins. And I tell you, if you know anything about feeding boys, when you put food on the table and you go back because you left the rolls or something and you come back, they're on their second. And by the time you sit down and you have your first bite, they're on their third. And then they're asking, is there any more? And I tell you, I got home to take care of these kids, left a job, had no job, and I got six kids to raise. And there were times that I wondered if we would have food on the table. And I want to tell you, that's the time I really got to know God. I got to know that God will provide for you and make a way out of nowhere. I got to learn that when you are at your last dime, your last penny, and you're not sure how you're going to pay rent and keep the lights on, I learned that God is faithful and he'll show up for you. I learned that when the kids are sick and you don't have insurance and there's no way that you can take them to the doctor, I learned that God is a healer. I learned that when the holidays or a birthday rolls around and your kids want a gift and you don't have anything, that God provides for you in ways that are miraculous. I got to know God better. And I want to say to some of you all, you don't know God yet, but you stick around and you live. God wants a personal, life-giving relationship with you. He wants you to know him and to trust him and to serve him and to realize that there is nothing on this earth better than him. I'm going to tell you how good God is. Doctors said my sister should never walk again. My sister, after a few years, began to walk with a stick. Doctor said that's the best that's going to ever happen for her. Be happy. That's a miracle. A couple of more years passed by. My sister threw the stick down one day and just walked. And today, my sister can run. She can walk. She can hop. She can skip. Because God is a God who loves us. And he wants that personal relationship with us. And I want to ask you today, do you know God or do you only know about God? See, God doesn't want you to have your mom's relationship or your dad's relationship or your auntie's relationship. God wants you to have a personal life-giving relationship with him. Now, I tell you, I don't have a big hat, and I hope I don't block the little kids' view in church, but I tell you, there are those days that all I can do is sing and shout about God's goodness, about who he is. And if you see me driving in my car and I'm moving around all spastic, it's just because I'm praising God for his goodness. Amen. Let's go back to Samuel. Samuel did not yet know God, but the word yet means there's good news. It, it means that, um, that 
there is still hope for us. Um, Samuel goes back and he lies down and he waits to hear this voice. Now, if it were you, how many of you would uh, have gone back to sleep? Raise your hand if you think you would have probably gone back to sleep. Yeah, I appreciate those honest people because most of us, we would have gone back to sleep. But Samuel wanted to hear the voice of God. And Samuel, again, you all, he's just like you and me. And I believe that God puts his story in the Bible just for us. And, and, and so he waits to hear God's voice. And, and Samuel, um, when we think about him, we think, man, Samuel had such a wonderful life. But Samuel didn't have such a great life, you all. I want you to understand that when he was a child, he was given to serve the church. Now, we idealize it and we say, oh, yeah, what a wonderful life. But think about it. You got brothers and sisters living at home with your mom and your dad, and you're all by yourself at the church. Samuel wasn't like all the other kids. The Bible says that he didn't wear the latest Jordans. Uh, he didn't wear an Under Armour uh, sweatshirt. Uh, uh, he wore a linen ephod. And he didn't have the latest high-top fro or, or dreads or anything like that. He could not cut his hair. And so Samuel looked a little weird to the other people around. And, and I believe that Samuel really wanted to hear the voice of God because he realized his need for God. And, and when you have issues in life and problems in life, um, sometimes we take that as, oh, man, you know, why isn't God helping me? But the truth of the matter, God is trying to draw us closer to him. He doesn't cause our problems, but he allows them so that we can draw closer to God. And, and, and so Samuel wasn't perfect, and God wanted a one-on-one -on -one personal relationship with Samuel, uh, just like he wants one with us. The Bible says that, that God spoke to Samuel. And I want to ask you a question. Do you realize that God speaks to us today? How many of you realize that God still speaks to us today? He still speaks to us today. And the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. And my second point is, if you want to know the voice of God, you have got to prioritize reading God's word. You've got to make God a priority in your life and reading his word a priority. Now, there are things that I love to do. I love to read. I love to go sailing. Uh, when I'm in the Caribbean, I love to go parasailing. Uh, I love just talking on the phone with my friends. I love eating coconut cake. Um, I love um, watching certain shows on TV. Uh, and all of those things are fine but not if I put those things before God. We've got to make God first in our life and reading his word first. And to illustrate this, I need two people. Are there two? Who here is, is there anybody who's six years old? Anybody six? Here's a six-year-old. What about a five-year-old? Anybody five-year-old? All right, one. Do you want the bubbles or do you want the ball? Bubbles. 
and two. All right, come come back. I need your help. Okay, beautiful. So we're gonna we're gonna illustrate what having priority means. And so here he has bubbles. Can you hold this? The bubbles. Can you blow that bubble for me? All right. She has bubbles, and bubbles are gonna represent things that are temporary. Because look, the bubbles are gonna just they're gonna burst. They're temporary. And uh, Clayne has the ball. Can you bounce the ball for me once? All right, good job. You got to catch it, though. All right. So the ball is going to represent things that are eternal or that get us towards eternity with God. And what I want you to identify, I'm going to call out some things. You tell me if those things are temporary or if those are things that help us um, help us uh, get to spending eternity with Christ. You got it? You understand what I'm saying? Everybody say yes, no, maybe. All right, all right. So I'm going to start with something easy. Now, remember, if it's something temporary, you got to listen to them. If it's temporary, Harry is going to blow the bubble. If it's eternal, Clayne is going to bounce the ball, okay? So you got to listen to them and do what they say. So something easy, studying the Bible, temporary or eternal? All right, can you bounce the ball for me? All right on the basketball team or debate team at school? Temporary or permanent? All right. Can you blow for us? Good job. All right. Forgiving others. Eternal. All right. Clay, can you bounce the ball? <laughs> bounce it and catch it. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, watching Game of Thrones or Empire. All right, can you blow for us? And we'll talk later about watch, what we should watch. <laughs> All right. Um, people in need. All right, can you bounce the ball? All right, good job, good job. Playing video games like Fortnite. Can you blow? <laughs> Getting overtime at work. All right, can you blow the bubble? Worshiping with others at church, temporary or eternal? All right, can you bounce? All right. Good job. Excellent, excellent. Talking about doing nothing with your friends, temporary or eternal?
uh, prioritize our actions and what we do. And, and I get it. Um, I get that you set your alarm clock in the morning and you have every intention of praying and studying the word of God and you wake up and the alarm is going off and you figure, find out you've hit snooze about five times and now you're 30 minutes late and you jump in the shower and you get dressed and you get the kids off to school and you, you're going to work and, and you fight traffic and you say, Lord, as soon as I get to work, I'm just going to have a quiet time with you and I'm going to pull out my Bible. And you get to work late and everything is crazy and your boss wants you to do X, Y, Z. And you say, well, at lunchtime, Lord, lunchtime is going to be you and me. And lunchtime rolls around and, you know, a customer came in the store or, or somebody had an issue and, and lunchtime goes by without you talking to God. And you say, as soon as I get home from work and you get home from work and the kids are hungry or or something is broken, or the electricity, or something, and, and you say, Lord, as soon as it's time for bed, I'm going to give you the time that you deserve, and you get in the bed, and your head hits the pillow, and it's the next day. The alarm is going off, and you're hitting snooze, and you're doing it all over again. I get it. But here's what God promises us. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. When we prioritize and we put God first, all the other things in life will fall into place. And even if there's chaos, when we put God first, we have peace in the midst of the storm. We have peace that passes all understanding. Other people look at us and say, with all that's going on in your life, how are you not crazy? How do you still have a smile on your face? How do you still get up in the morning? I don't understand. And you say, it's God. Only God. And so God is speaking to Samuel through his word. And some of you are saying, yeah, I try to read the word of God, but I don't always understand. And I tell you, the Bible says that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. In other words, if you want to know the word of God, you've got to ask God for help. Pray before you read the Bible. Pray while you're reading the Bible. Pray after you read the Bible. And, and retain what you learn. Find a version of the Bible that is easy for you to read. Nobody, I know some people believe that the King James Version is the only version of the Bible there is. It is not. Find a translation of the Bible that is easy for you to understand. Because if you don't understand, there's no reason to read, correct? So find a version that's easy for you to read. And then I like to have a dialogue. Um, it's called space. If you guys can't get it to work, that's fine. We can, we can roll without it. Um, space. When I read the Bible, I'm, I'm talking to God. And I say, Lord, for the S in space, I say, Lord, is there a sin that I need to confess? And then there's P. Lord, is there a promise from this word that you want me to claim? A. Is there an attitude, Lord, that I have that I need to change? C. Is there a command that you want me to obey? And E. Lord, is there some era that I've been holding on to that you want me to release? 
And as you dialogue with God while you're reading his word, you will hear God speaking to you, saying, this is the way that I want you to go. But you've got to prioritize reading the word of God. All right, Samuel. God speaks to Samuel, and and the Bible says that as Samuel grows up, God continues to speak to him. And it says that um, God let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. In other words, as Samuel grows up, people recognize him as a prophet. As Samuel hears the word of God and he proclaims the word of God, and everything that he proclaims comes true, because he's in touch with God, and God is telling him what to say. And for you and me, God is speaking to us, and he wants us to obey his word. And so point number three, the more you practice or obey God's word, the clearer his voice will come to, become to you. I hear some people say, oh, I, God talks to them, but he doesn't talk to me. Why doesn't God do this for me, but God does this for her or him? And, and as I talk to them and I ask them about their relationship with God, I realize that they think they have a relationship with God, but they actually don't. And when they think they're obeying God, they're not. And sometimes they are willfully disobeying God. Here's what I mean. There are some things that God tells us he wants us to do. He wants us to keep the Sabbath holy. He wants us to return tithe and offering. He wants us to love our neighbors. He wants us to forgive our enemies. And, and when we don't do those things that we know God wants us to do, it's called sin. And sin separates you and me from God. doesn't mean that God stops talking to us. It means that we have tuned God out. And then in those times when we really, really need God, we've not talked to him all the other time, but we really, really need God, and then we say, God didn't come through for me. Well, the truth is, we separated ourselves from God. And so God wants us to obey, and the more we obey God, the more his word will become clear to us. I have an example. This is just a pack of ketchup in the bottle catch of ketchup in the bottle. Do you think, can you hold my mic for a minute? Do you think this ketchup will obey my voice? Let the ketchup go to the bottom. Do you think this ketchup will go to the bottom? All right, let's see. Ketchup goes to the bottom. Okay, you up high? Okay. Oh, the mic. Okay, ketchup goes to the bottom. What is the ketchup doing? Oh, go to the bottom, ketchup. Oh, go to the top. Huh. Why do you think this ketchup is obeying me? Ah, ketchup. obey me, right? Well, God wants us to obey him. 
He wants us to hear the word and do what he tells us to do. And in our lives, you all, there are going to always be things that we enjoy doing that are not according to the word of God. And here's the thing. If sin wasn't so tempting, if sin didn't answer some desire that we have, we wouldn't sin. But when we realize that God is our life giver, when we realize that God has the best for us, then sin does not look as appealing to us. And obeying the word of God becomes a priority to us. And so God wants us to obey his voice. My final point today, final point today. Oh, here we go. Let's go to the next one. Next one. Next one. Two more. Next one. We passed that one. Final point. Next, yeah. Oh, we've done that one. Oh, here's what I talked about, faith. So sin to confess, promise to claim. All right. So our last point, thank you. Go, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Let's go to the last one. Here's the last thing. You all, God knows the best path for our lives. He created us, and he has promised us, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And in this life, there are only two voices, two voices in the world. There is the voice of God, and there's everybody else's voices. And when you hear the voice of God, and you realize that God knows what's best and has what's best, then you'll be able to ignore everybody else's voice. And so I have one last example, and I need a teenager. Anybody here who's 16? Anybody 16? 16. Anybody 16? 15. Anybody 15? Oh, what's your name? Come on, help me. What's your name? Tell me your name again. Aaliyah. Come on up front, Aaliyah. So have you all seen that show on TV, Deal or No Deal? where there are all these cases and one has a million dollars and you've got to pick the right case? Well, the thing about it is the game show host never tells you which case to pick. But in life, God always tells us the right case to pick. He always tells us the best path for our life. And so, Alita, I have three envelopes here. One of these envelopes has something that is the best thing for you. Some of the other ones don't. Now, pretend that I'm God, and I know what's in these envelopes. I'm going to let you fill them. You can fill them. You can't open them. Fill them. Choose which one you want. Card? Which one do you want? You want this one? What if I tell you this is not the best one? Would you trust me? Or would you want to keep that one? 
you'll trust me, okay? And so I want to make a point. This is our life. And God is saying, I know what's best for you. And he's asking you every single day, will you trust me? And there are going to be some things that you look at and you're going to say, hmm, I like that. But God is saying, no way will you trust me. There's going to be a time when you meet this guy and he is handsome. He is the rock, Dwayne Johnson, plus Shamar Moore, plus everybody combined. And you're going to say, oh, I love him. And God is going to say, nope, that's not the guy for me. Trust me. And you're going to have to make a decision whether you trust yourself or you trust God. Now, I told you that's not the best for you. Go ahead and open it so you can see what it is. My library card. So, <laughs> so it's not the best for you, okay? <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, come back, come back. You got two more. You don't need them. I only need one more. You want to take that one? Okay, that is the best one for you, but I want you to open this one. Open that one first. All right, it's tissue because about this time I'm lost. want you to open the best one for you. This is the best one for you. What do you have? There's nothing in here? Oh, no, I messed that up. <laughs> All right, this is the one you have. All right, that's the best one for you. So what do you have? All right. And that is your five bucks for trusting me. All right, let's give her a hand. The point I want to make to you all, God wants a personal relationship with you. He's talking to you through his word. You've got to make a priority to read God's word. And as you read God's word, you're going to learn to trust him because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, then you've got to make a decision, am I going to obey God? And the more you practice or obey God's word, the clearer his voice is going to be to you. And then finally, when you hear God's voice and it's clear, you still have to make a decision. Am I going to do what God tells me to do? Or am I going to do what I want to do? And the truth is, there are lots of days where we do what we want to do. And we find ourselves going that God has for us. And it always brings us harm. It always brings us some happiness. But God says, I know the best path for your life. Will you trust me? And that's my point today. The voice of God wants to take you on the best path for your life. God is speaking to you today, and he's saying, I need you to trust me. And so I'm going to make four appeals, four appeals. My first appeal is maybe you don't yet know the voice of God. But you're saying today, Lord, I don't want to know about you. I really want to know you. I want to have a life-giving relationship with you. I'm like Samuel, Lord. My life is jacked up. Or maybe my life is okay, but... I want a better life. I want 
all that you have for me, Lord. I want to get to know you. That's you, and you have not been baptized. But you say, Lord, I want to get to know you, and I want to give my life to you. That's you. I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand where you are. I want to know you, God. I want a personal, life-giving relationship with you, Lord. But God sees you. God sees you. Maybe you do know God. God sees you. Would, would you all stand? You want that personal, life-giving relationship? Do you mind standing with me? Well, I, there's a reason I want you to stand. Do you mind standing? Personal, life-giving relationship with God. You want a personal, life-giving relationship with God. Baptized. If you have not been baptized. Second, if you have been baptized, but you want to grow close to God. Maybe you've been doing your, your own thing and and you know God, you've been baptized, but you're saying, Lord, I, I need to come closer to you. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand with us. You've been baptized, but you, you want a closer relationship, closer relationship with God. My third, third appeal, you want to prioritize God. you got a lot going on, and you're saying, Lord, I don't always put you first. I need your help to put you first. Will you show me how to put you first? You want to put God first. You want to prioritize reading his word. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Prioritizing reading the word of God. Next appeal. Next appeal. Lord, I need help obeying you. I hear you, but I don't always do what's right. And sometimes, Lord, I feel like I just can't do right. I feel like I get overwhelmed and I always want to do wrong. But I believe you, Lord, when you said that you can take my sin away. And I need your help, Lord, to honor you and do what's right, to obey your voice. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand with us. You want help obeying God, obeying God. Final appeal, final appeal. Lord, lead me on the very best path for my life. I trust you. I don't want to be in control of my life, Lord. I want you to be in control, and I want you to lead me on the best path for my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand, and I'm going to pray with you. Best path for my life, Lord. Loving Lord. Thank you for your word, and Lord, for the life of family that you do to instruct us today. Lord, you've seen your, your daughters and your sons who stood and said, Lord, I want you to be in charge. I want to know you. Make yourself real to me, and I want to give you my life. I'm praying, Lord, that you will watch and practice them. I'm praying, Lord, that you will release them from Satan's control. And Lord, give them a new life in you. I pray that this church will walk with them through their baptismal and, and afterwards, Lord, so that they can be all that you've created them to be. Lord, there are those who know you, but they've wandered. They're saying, draw me closer. Draw me near, Lord. Please, Lord, I ask 
Jesus. Hide them under your wings and let them know that you are personal and you are real and you are right there for them. Lord, there are some of us here today who need help prioritizing you. It seems like life is just out of control, but Lord, wake us up in the morning and give us that desire to be with you. And during the day and in the evening, Lord, this is what I want to do with my life. Lord, there are some of us here today who can hear your word, but we don't do your word. Would you break Satan's hold on us so that we can obey you, not by our own power, but through your Holy Spirit. And finally, Lord, each of us desire you to lead us on the best path of our life. Lead us day by day, week by week, year by year. And Lord, most of all, lead us to your kingdom. We are praying for your soon coming. The world is praising you, Lord. And we don't know how much more we can take. Would you please come soon, Lord, and may each person here have the privilege, the joy, the excitement of enjoying you for eternity. Is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen.